What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome to the Basic Dudes Podcast. I'm in the uh, studio today, White Mike here with my good friend, Black, Black Tony. Black Tony, Back man. at it again. Back at it again. Not going to lie, so it's been three months. Um, pretty much took the summer off. And it, the funny thing is, right before this, we were like, hey, uh, we're going to see you guys every week, a couple times a week, bi-weekly, <laughs> please, every day, something. <laughs> and then uh, something happened. Yeah. My, my kids decided that they wanted to play recreational sports. And uh, that took up a lot of time. So you have a, a kid that's in baseball and then a kid that's in football uh, or tennis um, going back and forth with that all summer long. So that that kind of really took up the, the landscape a lot there. Yeah, sadly, our schedules just didn't jive at all. Like you were at a sporting event. I had kids in yep. softball and baseball. And, yep. and uh, it's never getting any less busy, right? Not I mean, at all, man. It's crazy. You get kids, all of a sudden it's like, go, 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 you know? Got to get them to baseball, football, basketball. They do all this stuff. But it gives them my trouble. It is fun though. I mean, you know, yeah, you're tired at the end of the day, and you're, you know, you're scarfing down garbage food in the back seat <laughs> of a car in between sporting events, yeah. and yeah. one week kind of bleeds into the next. Like I, we were looking. I can't believe it's been three months since we've just, you know, hung out. Exactly. Yeah, it's been a long time. Summer. Well, I think the crazy thing is, like, uh, what I noticed is that during during the pandemic, we all, you know in the neighborhood we all kind of had that tight knit you know what i mean everyone was everyone knew where they were going so uh it was a lot closer and then as things started to ease up a little bit uh you know people started traveling more visiting their families and stuff and and getting out to see i know i got out to see michigan a lot more um and then going out to where did we go we went to uh, uh silver lake silver lake first time at silver lake for those of you that are not aware there are some amazing sand dunes here in michigan and it looks like something that you would find in cairo egypt um, and in fact, when I saw it for the first time, I thought it was in Egypt and, uh, Mike just so happened to graciously invite me out there, taking me out on these sand dunes for the first time. And it was absolutely phenomenal. So if you guys ever are traveling and you want to go to some sand dunes, do some off-roading, come up to Michigan, go to Silver Lake, me and Mike will meet you up there, take you on a good time, show we, you around. We kind of uh, created a new concept, but we're going to put into place is going to be, um, Black Tony doing white guy stuff, man. <laughs> white white people stuff. This is this is gonna be the new category doing white people stuff. We packed Tony into a <laughs> off road jeep and drove him over these sand dunes. He, he didn't scream like a little girl, but eh, it was the equivalent. It was almost there. It was eh, it was like a um, it was the equivalent of a uh, <laughs> pubescent boy <laughs> taking his first scream or talk for the first time. Uh, so yeah. Are you was, saying you found manhood at Silver I, Lake Sand I believe Sand so. I believe so. I drove out of there like, oh, I told my house, oh, I think I want one of these. Uh, I need a Polaris razor or a uh, uh, Arctic cat. <laughs> That's right. Give me the toy. Give me the sand dude toy, yeah, man. Yeah, we so then we realized it. that like, you know, Tony's not a fan of roller coasters. So, nope. Nope. um, in the Midwest, Cedar Point has this uh, hollow weekends thing they do throughout the month of October, and you get to go down there at night and ride. You know, roller coasters in the dark, and Tony's in, man. man You're look. coming. <laughs> I am so horrified. I, I remember telling my wife when she took me out there to Cedar Point for the first time. I've never been on a roller coaster before in my life, and so she takes me out there, and uh, we went on this one called Millennium Force or Millennium Falcon. I forgot what it's called. Millennium something. And uh, as we're going up, it I, I swear it's a ninety degree angle that you're going up, and it just keeps getting steeper and steeper. And in my head, I can hear the chains going click, 
click, click, click, click as it's taking you up. And you can just see nothing but the sky. And I was I was singing uh, Stairway to Heaven uh, in my head. Um, and then as we dropped, I remember telling her, I'm, I'm breaking up with you and I'm walking back to Texas. <laughs> I was horrified, horrified. Uh, I don't get the thrill of it. Again, it was my first time, so maybe if I do it again, I might find it. But I just don't get the thrill of these roller coasters, man. They hurt. They're bumpy. They give me a headache. And uh, yeah, they're kind of scary. They're very scary. Uh, so I let me guy. ask you this. Being a Texan and all, I mean, is it equ- the equivalent of like riding a bull? Or is that something you wouldn't do either? Uh, I would, I've never. Okay. First of all, I've never rode a live, like a real bull. I have done one of those mechanical bulls several times before. Lots of whiskey. Uh, story for another time. But uh, no, it's not the equivalent of that. See, the thing with the roller coaster is there's really nothing holding you in. And you're just you're just you're just holding you're holding on to these little uh, arm restraints, and you're you're you know praying that they're going to keep you in there. Um, and then it got me the most was like on certain dips you'd kind of you feel your butt come off the seat. I didn't like that. That wasn't that wasn't for me. I, I didn't think that was cool. That's freedom. That's freedom. So skydiving. Skydiving's on the list, too. You know, I would actually do skydiving. I've actually wanted to do skydiving. I think that would be pretty cool. And the reason why I want to do skydiving is because I've always wanted to do the Superman pose. So when I'm up in the air, I've always wanted to do the da 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 Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> skydiving I would do. Isn't that crazy? Black Tony will do skydiving, but Black Tony will not do roller coasters. That is yeah, interesting. Well, yeah. we're going to do both. We're going to do both. <laughs> uh, we got you on... You know, recording now. Yeah, I'm on recording so now, so you got to hold me up to it. Yes, we will. So uh, we'll be posting some videos on YouTube of that whole thing, man. I'll, I'll strap on the GoPro and get you with your pubescent, <laughs> you know, boy to man <laughs> screams as, as we crest the hill, man. There's some sweet rides there, too, at Cedar Point. And, in, you know, they do a great job with Halloween. And uh, this episode is not sponsored by Cedar Point. But, I mean, if you're looking for a great time in the Midwest around the Halloween season, Definitely check them out for hollow weekends mm. down there at Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's been a crazy summer. Tony, Tony's family has multiplied now. They got a beautiful baby girl at home. Yes. And um, the household's getting bigger. Getting bigger, man. Losing sleep and getting bigger. Yeah, so that's good. That's, that's fun. Um, yeah, it, it's a joy. She's she's different. It's, it's weird. Each baby is different, you know. Um, she looks just like my son. In fact, whenever she was born, the first thing I said was, "It's it's Brayden." You know, I was like, "Dude, she looks just like Brayden." Um, but it's it's interesting how they all are. She just wants to be held and snuggled, and you know, she only cries whenever she wants to be snuggled. That's it. It's this kind of interesting. However, that four o'clock though, she gets up at four a.m. parties until about six thirty. Uh, not not very fun. Yeah, not very fun at all. She's an early bird. Oh man. yeah, early. Wow, that's good stuff, man. They are fun. Kids are fun, man. Right now. Um, Man, like just we're we're right in the thick of it. Both of my kids play sports and they're, you know, in elementary school, they're on the go. There's a lot going on and it's just, it's crazy, you know? So I get the opportunity to coach them, coach the kids, you know, it's a great time Um, doing that. You know, it's stressful. Like you got to give up a lot to be able to do those kind of things, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, I really enjoy this, this season of them, you know, where it's, you know, they're like little humans that can, you know, they're independent, but they still want to hang out with, with dad. I feel like we got a few years of this. Just a couple. And For you at least. Yeah. It just, you know, all of a sudden they start thinking they have a boyfriend or something or a girlfriend, <laughs> you know, and it's like this imaginary creature they think they're, you know, entitled to and, until I move them out into the middle of nowhere and we, we live off the grid. And <laughs> Living off the land. Goes. But I let them have fun. You know, I let them have that fantasy life. And, 
um, it's cool. It's it's just so awesome to yeah. be able to do that. And I know, you know, I've I've talked to people and I see people and I I just know that this season, man, a season of life is so short mm-hmm. to where you can you can really impact them and be there for them and just help them and. I always encourage people that are like, hey, you know, my son wants to do this. I think I've convinced a few people to help coach this fall. And it's like, just do it. You know, just, you know, I know you're getting out of work late. I know you got to run there and coach. And I mean, my week, my weeks fly by as well. But I'm like, man, if you could just, you know, get that little bit of extra time with them where you can, you know, be a, be a role model, you know, be a good coach. Like, that's one thing I tell anybody that wants to help coach their kids. Like, go be a good coach. Don't, yeah. don't just go there so that you can, you know, make your kid the star quarterback or you know the starter on the basketball team just Mm -hmm. so they're the coach's kid and they're awesome even though you know they might not be you know just be there to support them them and their friends you know encourage them be the biggest encourager you know kids kids i feel like they get you know pushed in so many different directions and told what to do all the time i mean look at your baby now tony who is a hundred percent dependent on you. Yeah. The only thing she can do is nap and wake up mm-hmm. and the rest of it's dependent on you and your wife to feed and take care of and change and to do all this stuff. And they start to, you know, start moving around. And as soon as they start moving, we start, you know, controlling them. Like it's time to eat your dinner. It's mm-hmm. time to go to bed. It's time to, they just live by our schedule, Yep. you know, and uh, you know, we just want them like kind of under our thumb a little bit. And they're always told that what they're going to do and what time and where, and then when you can coach them and you can kind of start giving them a little bit of responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, especially in a sporting situation where they can, they can, do, you know, put the leadership out there with their teammates. Mm-hmm. And I know your boy plays flag football and stuff too, you know, and they can start there to take a little bit of ownership and you can really start to shepherd them uh, in their leadership skills. It's really cool to see them pick that up and to start emulating it. Yeah. And if they don't, the only person you can ever, especially as a coach, the only person you can ever be mad about that is they learned it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if they're around you, there's a good chance they learned it from you. Yeah, that's a thousand percent true, uh, which uh, brings me to a story real quick that my daughter, um, she is about th- four. Oh, man, she's four already. Uh, we were sitting at the table and we've been talking to her about, um, you know, whenever she... Uh, once it say something, you know, make sure you say excuse me when people are talking. Um, well, me and my wife were having a conversation, and she kept saying excuse me. We were trying to finish it up, uh, and we were, we were deep in conversation, and um, so she kept saying excuse me, and I could hear her, but I wasn't. I was trying to tell her like, hold on a second, and uh, all of a sudden she just, <laughs> she just all of a sudden looks up. She goes, "Ugh, f my life," and she used it in the correct term terminology in the correct context, and she said the full like, you know my life and so i needless to say i died hysterically at the dinner table laughing uh and it's just so hard not to um but as you said she learned it from somewhere and lo and behold it wasn't me it was my wife that she learned that from so (laughs) i'm not gonna point (laughs) fingers but i'm not pointing fingers or anything but it sounds like you something your wife would say (laughs) so yeah it's 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 uh it's interesting you know and and you know, like you said, again, it's it's all based on, you know, they, they learn it. They pick up everything from you. And I, I find myself watching what I say, especially around my son, because he's like a, um, he, he's like a, uh, uh, what, what are those things called with the strings? A puppet. Yeah. yeah he kind of imitates everything that I do. Every movement, everything I say. It's like the old country song, man. I've been watching yeah, you, Dad. I, Yep, yep. I was actually just playing in my head right now. Um, yeah, he's he watches everything that I do, and he kind of just imitates me. So, yeah, I definitely try now to be a little bit more PG-13 versus R-rated. 
Yeah, you got to watch them, you know, and it's so true. It's so true. You know, the way you treat your wife, the way you treat other people, you know, the, when you go out to dinner, the way you are to the waitress, like they're they're watching it. And, and, you know, it's easy to see it now and be like, oh, that's interesting how that they, they say that or they act that way. And then I looked at my own life and the way I looked at stuff and the way I thought of things, it was like, well, where did I learn that? Right. You know, in the conditional programming that comes into our own lives, how we how we act in the world or how we handle certain situations is it's hard to really think about it outside of the box rather than just responding and reacting from an emotional level. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like to take stuff logical and a lot of these podcasts will kind of look at a lot of logical stuff just because that's how I operate anyway. Um, and it's really cool to bring the, the, um, like the racial side of things in on stuff too, right. because I can have a, a totally simplistic logical approach to certain things that can really help um, me understand things to kind of bring it the other way. So just from, two different segues into different people's eyes and lives, I think we can see a lot of stuff that's yeah, different. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities too. Mm -hmm. you oh know? yeah, a lot of similarities. The we, way we raise kids or the way we, we think about things or you know, do certain things mm -hmm. or culturally, you know, mm -hmm. there's things that are different, but there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Cause like growing up, um, you know, we got, I got spankings, I got butt whoopings, you know, I, I was told to go outside to the, to the tree, pick out a switch, which is a, uh, it's a limb. Um, but being in, in Texas, we call things differently. Um, uh, but pick out a switch. And if you pick out one that is, uh, that is thin, uh, I'm going to pick out one and I'm going to beat you with both of them. So, <laughs> you know, you, you, your parents will send you outside to go pick a switch off a tree and you're like looking at it. It's like, no, that one's too small. That one's too big. Uh, you're like kind of like Goldilocks. Like, oh, this one's just right. So it's it's interesting how like the uh, things are different because I, I've talked to a lot of my friends that are from different cultures and they're like, dude, we my parents never did anything like that. But then I talked to some of my black friends back home and they're like, oh yeah, dude, that was common. Like anytime, like oh yeah, definitely you got what with an extension cord, a spoon, it don't matter. You know, anything and, within mom's yeah, reach. Yeah, anything man. within mom's reach for sure. Yeah. And it's like crazy because now it's like, dude, you do that now. Like you're going to CPS, you're losing your kids, your job, your house, everything's gone. So, yeah. It's and just, I, you know, there is there is situations out there where kids are extremely mistreated. I don't want to shine. I don't want to make light of any oh, of yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I know me growing up and my mom somehow was able to develop that nine foot arm that could reach me in the back corner of the mm -hmm, car when I mm -hmm. said something dumb. Uh, you know, I appreciate those moments, mm -hmm. you know, I look back on it now and, you know, I wasn't being abused or I had a friend of mine tell me that his dad would send him to go grab a belt, you mm -hmm. know, like go pick your weapon of punishment. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it wasn't that the spank, cause I, I mean, you have as a boy, man, there was like, you at five, six, seven years old. It's mm -hmm. like your parents aren't spanking you. It doesn't hurt. I mean, it's more of the, the, the process, the corporal punishment. Mm -hmm. That lets you know, like, you you messed up. Yeah. You know, and exactly. it's what the judicial system does. I mean, you get pulled over even if you weren't doing anything wrong. Like, you had a busted taillight or something, and automatically you just feel guilty. You mm -hmm. feel like something's going on, like mm -hmm. I messed up somewhere. Even if you were just having a good time accidentally speeding, and that is accidental sometimes yeah. in my life. Yeah. But, like, that, the process of corporal punishment makes you realize, man, I messed up. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to keep messing up. Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep having to go pick out a switch or pick mm -hmm. out a belt. Yeah. Um, and life corrects us that way. You see it in sports, you know, like football season's upon us right now. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you miss a block or you do something wrong, 
the court the quarterback's gonna know oh, that yeah. somebody didn't do their job. Yep. And that hurts. So I you know, everywhere in life we're taught that if you know the stove's hot, don't touch it. You know, if you do something wrong, your parent your parent I think it's their duty. They gotta they gotta show you the path. Yeah. You know? They, yeah. Maybe they don't do it enough. Yeah. I, I got it. So I have a memory um, from when I was a kid. And this is probably one of the only memories that I really have. Um, I was probably maybe like three, maybe four. And I, my dad, I remember he was uh, he was cutting the yard, and I kept messing with the lawnmower. I kept, I was factu- I was infatuated with the uh, the exhaust on the on on the lawnmower as that little metal thing. And uh, he kept telling me, "Don't don't touch it." I remember him telling me like four or five times, "Like don't touch it." He's like, "You're gonna burn yourself. It's gonna be hot. You don't want to touch it." And I kept going over there by it. Don't touch it. And finally, I, I touched it. Like I, I, he wasn't around for a while, but you know, obviously, he told he told me later on. Like I was sitting there watching the whole time. I, you just weren't listening, so I had to teach you a lesson. And sure enough, I touched. It, I burned my hand. I cried. Mom came out, yelled at him. You know, he got in trouble for it. He's like, "Well, I told him not to touch it." Uh, but it, you know, it just goes into those like those little life lessons that you have to teach. You know, over time, and uh, you know, I I I try to do that with with my kids. You know, every now and then, teach them a little lesson. Like, hey, you know, you keep leaving this out. Frank's gonna eat it. Frank, by the way, y'all, Frank is a dog. Um, <laughs> Frank, Frank is our our uh, our seven year old uh, lab that has the uh, heart and mentality of a two year old lab. Um, but uh, you know, it it came time a few times where you know I kept telling them, make sure you pick up your toys, pick up your toys. You know, or the dog's gonna eat them. And sure enough, I don't know if Frank heard me, but he he ate a few toys. And since then, you know, Braden got upset. You know, he cried about it. He was upset for a couple of days, but he doesn't leave toys downstairs anymore. So. Those, those little little life lessons that really go a long way. Yeah, they do. You know, and it's funny, though, is there's a lesson in a lesson. Is like if I would have just listened to my dad. But, mm-hmm. it, but like you said, sometimes you got to touch the muffler and burn yourself mm-hmm. to understand it. And I remember being a kid looking at my parents going, yeah, they're old, though. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an old guy or an old lady who, of course, she was never, you know, young, right. skipping school to hang out with her buddies or yep. any of that stuff. And man, how my perspective has changed to where now I really appreciate, you know, people of age, you know, uh, the the genuine people that mm-hmm. are a little bit older, you know, gray haired and all this other stuff. But they were they were a fox at one point uh-huh. out doing the same dumb stuff that we were. <laughs> yep. You know, they got experience. That was back when it was free, you know, back when you could get in a little bit of trouble and they would just send you home or the, the cops would tell your parents, hey, your boy was out there doing donuts in mm-hmm. this field, mm-hmm. um, you know, back when. They expected parents to do a little bit more correction, you yeah. know, than the system does now. But yeah, man, like there's people with experience that have been a, they're a little further down the path that we can look at to, and and maybe get some advice from on certain things like that. And so many times we tend to take advice from the people that don't have the results we want. Mm-hmm. They might be they might be wrong. Like, um, you know, Tony was a quarterback in high school. I was not a quarterback in high school, but for all of a sudden I can sit in my chair on a Sunday watching the Lions do their, you know, weekly dance (laughs) and I can have an opinion. But since Tony's got quarterback mentality, he sees stuff or thinks about stuff a little bit differently. So he's got a different view, different opinion than I might. Yeah, it's it's interesting um, because looking at things, you know, you're kind of like, man, I would have done that differently. You know, they kind of call us – uh, couch quarterbacks to an extent, but in hindsight, what we're doing is just we've evolved since that time frame. People that have played the sport and played the game, you know, whether it's basketball, baseball, 
football, soccer, uh, whatever it is, you know, you your brain constantly thinks about it because you've played it in rec, you've played it, you know, online on games and stuff. You constantly think about it, you know, like when I go to throw something away, I I literally will open up my trash can and I will do a drop back and I will throw it into the trash can. And if I miss that, I will do it three more times. If I don't get it by the third time, I'm going to do it a fourth time, but I usually get it by the third time because I'm working on my accuracy because you never know. <laughs> you never, you never know, know when that draft's going to open you, up dude, to you walk know, out. You, you never know. You got to be ready yeah, to go. Yeah, you know, the Lions, it could be time. You know, it could be, I, I need to be ready. So, um, yeah, just different perspectives. You know, they can really go a long way. And like you said, you can learn you can learn stuff from other people uh, who have uh, longer experiences. Um, and it, it, it's it's kind of funny, like when you work with uh, like working with older people in general. You know, at, at your at your institution that you may work at. Um, you know, teaching them things that they might do a certain way, but you're like, hey, you could actually do this a different way. You know, just taking that different perspective and. And, and showing people the way. I mean, I think that's definitely key and and uh, evolving overall. You know, yeah, absolutely, man. And it's you know, and it's, we're talking about youth sports here. You know, uh, coaching our kids, sporting events, and you think about we've all we've all heard the guy. You know, the or the you know, it could be the mom. Like for crying out loud, there was some football games I've been to years past where there was a mom, and it didn't matter where you sat in the stadium, you knew where she was, mm-hmm. and you knew when her boy was on the field, mm-hmm. but. There's those parents that they they are the armchair or the couch quarterback, you know, and they do, you know, go that. And that's cool. They've they've played the game before. They're excited and there's stuff like that. But, like, they – I don't know. Maybe they've asked their kid, hey, do you appreciate that I'm screaming your name from the side – the kid probably doesn't hear it, honestly. I mean, oh, usually yeah, yeah. in that game situation, they're not even – they're even – they're out of tune of it. But, like, there's times when – you know, there's so much yelling going on from the stands, and I get hooting, hollering, clapping, and stuff like that. But it's like, what are you? What do you think you're going to do? Right. You know, and maybe it's just good fun. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. But to to be the you know the person that's on the sidelines or even in the stands having an opinion of what the professionals are doing on the field, mm-hmm. you know, is extremely irrelevant mm-hmm. because they are one the professionals. They have a lot of resources at their disposal to be able to do what they do. And if they get out coached or outplayed or one thing that's totally different, but to not give credit where credit is due and to think that you got it better. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's just the betterment of people, but it just blows my mind sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. Take, take a step back and just look at it like, wait a minute. So these guys, these guys that are making millions of dollars to do sports for a living, uh, they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. But you, <laughs> you know that if they would have ran the flea flicker double reverse, yeah. <laughs> it would have scored a touchdown would've every won time. The game. It would have, it would have been game over for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting. Um, and you know, you bring up a valid point. Like I remember the only, the only place where I could ever hear, um, my my family or my dad or something, um, uh, talk to me was on the basketball court because you're, it's a little bit closer, um uh play a field i guess you could say uh so you can hear a little bit more there uh, but on the football field you can't hear anything you can't hear anything i'd, I'd look up to the stand see my dad and he would just like he would do the uh the arm twist uh, which indicated to uh to go faster you know pick it up a little bit oh yeah rev it up yeah you do the the motorcycle so like if you guys ever got on a motorcycle and you do the rev uh, that's what my dad would do. He would just do the rev up by his face and that that to me was my indication that i need to pick up the pace i need to go a little bit faster uh, but you can't hear nothing. 
I hear nothing. I don't hear anything. Um, you can barely hear the cheerleaders. Like, <laughs> I know, it's funny. Quick side note on cheerleaders. So my boy's playing, uh, you know, elementary football, and there's there's cheerleaders, and they're cute. And he's like, Dad, I can't stand these cheerleaders. All they do is sit over there yelling, and they distract us, and we can't <laughs> catch the ball. And my boy's a lineman, so I'm like, for one, like you're not you're catching not catch the, ball the ball anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he was so focused on them yelling. But you're right, you can't hear. You can't hear any of that stuff. Yeah, no. It's so, it's it, it's happened so fast, and you're so focused. I mean, even mm-hmm. at the at the coaching level, like stuff goes by so quick. I mean, it's it's a level of intensity that's just unheard of, and you know, to to have your kid go out there in an arena, like it's stressful enough. And they come off the field, and all of a sudden, and I and I tell the parents too, I'm like, you know, the kids play great. You know, be a cheerleader, be their biggest cheerleader, because yeah. they come off the field, they know. You know, they fumbled the ball here. They know they had issues here. The last thing they need is their parents saying, Hey, man, why didn't you block this guy? Or yeah. hey, why didn't you why don't you run a little harder? Or, you know, it'd be a lot better if you just ran a lot faster. Yeah. And it, it starts to it starts to deter them away from sports because it just feels like they're constantly being corrected or they're mm-hmm. constantly being, you know, told what they're doing wrong rather than just you know, one of the best things I read in a book it was to always tell your kids you enjoy watching them play. Yeah. I just love watching you play, man. I just, I mean, I, I, I love seeing you out there having a good time. And I always ask my kids, like, right when they mess up, they do something dumb. You know, I'm like, are you having fun? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not smiling. You're not having fun. Like, yeah. you fumble it, it better be because you're having fun. Now, hold the ball a little bit better, but make sure you're having yeah, fun. Yeah, you know, sure having fun with that. And if they have fun, if they learn that mistakes are okay, mm-hmm. if mistakes are okay, in the sport, and it's funny how the stuff just parlays into life. But it's like, if you can, if you can learn from your mistakes, if you can fail, the only reason we do any of this stuff is to fail. You're going to lose absolutely. When I was a wrestler in high school, man, I loved it because it was it was mano y mano. Mm-hmm. It was me against them. If I lost, I lost. You know, mm-hmm. if I played football, we lost. It was like, well, you know, the if the quarterback was better, or mm-hmm. you know, or if the linemen they were to done their job. But no, like when you lose in wrestling. That dude beat you. Yeah. You know, this there's no you. there's no way around it. You got beat, you know, and then if you won, yeah, you won. And it, it really taught me a lot of humbling stuff that, that you have to be accountable. You know, yeah. you got to be accountable. And team sports are the same, but it's getting the whole team to take accountability together. Like if you're responsible for the other person, if we, if we all win, we all win together. You know, we all lose, we all lose mm-hmm. together. Like my buddy, we're only as strong as the weakest link. And you see it in the workforce, and you see it in marriages, and you see mm-hmm. it everywhere we, we turn to look. I love sports for that reason, only to teach these life principles, that what they were essentially what they created, they, what's what it's for. You know, kids can go out there, and they can support each other, and they can be cheered on, and they can have a good time, and they can learn those lessons of let's work together for the common goal, pick each other up along the way, you know, nothing praises me more than hearing refs and other parents say, man, your boys are great because they help each other up off the field, even the other team. Mm-hmm. You know, they're always good sports, right? They're always encouraging. And it's like, I want to keep that in there. Like, I would I would love a workforce that was that way that you walk into, and it's like so positive. You could have the worst drive into work, and you get to work, and all of a sudden your coworkers are happy to mm-hmm. see you. Yeah. You know? Not yeah. like not like happy like hey I'm glad you showed up today yeah because I was thinking about not and I'm glad I was thinking about calling in but hey I'm here no but I mean like where we're we're making each other you know feel better about who they are or what they're doing 
you know, and um, it's easy to do that in sports because you're seeing people perform. Mm -hmm. But how do you do that in the world? And how do you do that with your spouse? Yeah. You know, are you happy to see your spouse when they walk through the door and they get home? You know, are you, man, I'm so glad to see you. Mm -hmm. Hope your day was great. Or, man, like you paid the bills today. You were amazing. Yeah. I think now it's just kind of turned into the, you know, you walk into the door and you're like, oh, thank God you're here. Take care of these kids. You know, like <laughs> your turn. Tag yeah, team. It's like tag team. Yeah. <clears throat> tag, you're in. <laughs> Pony up, son. You're uh, you're going in. But um, yeah, you know, you got you definitely have to find that balance, you know, and making sure that you have that <clears throat> that level there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and it's in the battle, in the thick of it, though, is when it's when the whole world's collapsing around. You. It's 4 a.m. You mm-hmm. know, the baby's crying. Mm-hmm. It's. You know, the, the bottle warmer's broken, so you got to warm this thing. I mean, it, it's like the worst hour of your life. Yeah. You know? Man, and just a side note here, um, four years we went without a baby. You know, no diapers, no 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 spit-up, no bottle warmer, nothing. Dude, as soon as we, we bought our, our daughter home and had to change that diaper, I was like, how do, I, how do I do this? I forgot. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's crazy how you just like you block that out, you know, like you just forget all about it, like how it's done, uh, you know, how frequently it's done too, like how many diapers you go through on a daily or hourly basis. It's it's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. So it's, it, it's uh yeah, it, it just something I just thought about just now. I was like, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I forgot how to freaking change a diaper. It's weird. Yeah. How do I how do I protect <laughs> this kid and help it live? You yeah, know. Yeah. And it's there's you know, and it's funny because I remember. And this is how I think, you know, it's, I remember having, you know, we were going through that and you're tired and you're, you're changing diapers and you're doing stuff. And I would always just think about, man, there's somebody right now that is on their eighth miscarriage mm-hmm. yeah. and they wish, they just wish that they could be woken up at 3am to change Big a diaper, facts. Yep. you know, and it's, it's so, it's so easy to look at ourselves and our struggle and I'm tired and kids in sports and like we were talking about being in the grind. The last three months have been mm-hmm. a grind, Yeah. you know, among COVID and everything else going on. But to know that, man, there's people that would just love just to be mm-hmm. burdened with, you know, the getting up with a baby or, you know, dealing with the stress of these things that they just don't have, you know, and it's, you know, you, you complain about your marriage. Like, man, there's somebody that's been divorced four times that can't get it right, and they're right. trying to figure it out, man. They would just love, you know, to mm-hmm. be able to complain about somebody's dinner they made. It's just the little things. Yeah. You know? I think I think as a society, we forget, man. We forget to take a step back and think about other people. I feel like sometimes we just get so en- engulfed in our own thing and forget that, like, you know, there are other people that are going through some stuff, man, that would kill to be in our situation right now. Yeah, we're all tuned into the, the WWIFM, man. Mm-hmm. What's in it for yeah, me? Yeah, exactly. Radio exactly. station, yeah. man. <laughs> and how can I get this out of me? Like, if I donate money to that charity, are they going to make sure they give me a good advertisement right. or kick back me? Or, right. And um, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's awesome to be able to, you know, think about those things and to do that those things in society you know, just give it away and just help. And just, that's mm-hmm. why I like, I go, that's why I like coaching and, you know, that's why I like helping, um, to be able to go out and just, you know, be a positive role model on other kids, mm-hmm. other kids lives, you know, and, you know, just let that light shine, put it under a bushel. No. Yeah. Just go out there and let it shine, right. man. So, um, yeah, we're super awesome. We're glad to be back in the studio. Glad to have this going and, um, glad you guys are still with us and it's going to be, it's going to be a good ride. I, I, I can't I can't just say hey, we're going to be back here every other day because last time that was the jinx. That I was guess, the jinx, but. yeah. So we're, we're going to stay away from that jinx, but we're going to uh, say that we'll, uh, what, what's the saying? Uh, 
We'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. And next time, actually, next time we're going to get into exactly why women are the way they are. So, mm. so stay tuned. Catch us next time when we talk about why women act the way they do. Yeah. And we can't wait to see you then. This has been the Basic Dudes Podcast. I'm White Mike. Black Tony. Black Tony's in the house. Have a great day, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. We'll Adios, see you. Adios, and back on Dios.